good uh, morning to you all are you well if you are well please just check if there's a pulse your neighbor has a pulse uh, if they have a pulse you can tell them good morning and welcome uh, it's it's a privilege to be in the house of the Lord and uh, to see so many wonderful faces here we have come into the fourth installment of our relationship series last week uh, we tackled maleness and we discovered that men are actually in the battle of their lives choosing either to be all that God created them to be or to become that which they are tempted to be and obviously the temptation is always easier the road uh, traveled the temptation road is much easier wider than that that is a narrow winding path of uh, the way of the Lord today we will look at the woman and uh, we are titling this sermon womankind it is important uh, from the onset to set out a basic fundamental truth why because uh, I think it has it has gone around uh, the lie a lie has gone around for way too long the fundamental truth is this that women and men are equal and there is none that is greater than the other I think along in the various places and the things that we have done in the world uh, it has been almost uh, uh, assumed that the woman is inferior to the man that the man is superior but from what we see in scripture Genesis chapter number 1 verse 26 and 27 uh, I will read that Genesis 1 26 27 says and God said let us make man in our image in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over every living thing that creeps upon the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created them male and female he created them both man and woman are created in the image of God both man and woman are in the image of God they are equal the only difference comes in physiology which is uh, emanating from the different roles that man and woman have the only thing I mean a man is the man the way he is a woman is the way she is because of the roles that God has given unto us uh, in terms of nurturing in terms of, I mean you you know we are we are set up in in the way in which uh, we we will we will play roles in our lives Last week we looked at the role of man, and the man, the role of man was headship. It was guiding, it was leading, it was uh, protecting, providing. Today we will look at the role of the woman shortly. But I cannot stress again to say that men and women are equal before the Lord. Men and women are both made in the image and in the likeness of God. It is not only man, it is both males and females. And it is important to set that out at the beginning so that we know this is where and the premise and the foundation that we are laying everything on. Now, as we talk about that, this is a relationship series. And as we look at the relationship series, there are some things that are affecting our women today, relationally. Things that cause us not to be able to relate well one with another. Not only across the sexes, but even inter or in, intersex. And number one, We'll go through a number of these. The first one is this, that women have been pushed to the periphery. 
it's been assumed that women are the lesser of the two for so long. And in such a manner, women have been shunted to the periphery of to the sidelines. In certain cultures in this country of ours, uh, a man greeting another man will greet them and say, hey, how are you? And uh, the man will reply, I'm fine. And how are the children? They are okay. And the children there represents even the wife. It is because uh, the, the, the wife is to, uh, thought of perhaps as, as less than, uh, is like a minor, not able to make any decisions, not able to, uh, to, to, to make what others who are in the majority would do. And it seems that is what has happened. The patriarchal society and system that we follow has ensured that only male children inherit land and goods. The girl child has been relegated to silent observation. It's assumed that she will later be married off and she will go and she will then work in somebody else's uh, uh, family and so forth and therefore she has no rights in this particular family. And many have grown up with seeing these things, silent observation of what is going on. Girls have been kept off from participating in important family decisions. Boys, sometimes younger than even the girl themselves, are brought in and decisions are discussed with them. Interestingly, many of the girls are just watching from the sidelines, shunted to the periphery. Many of these things have not even been spoken verbally. But the message is heard loud and clear. That you belong to the periphery. Patriarchal society has ensured that Boys went to school. And that in, in order that one day they may become something and somebody. The girls were only really needed to know what was happening in the kitchen. Why? Because uh, conventional wisdom states, why spend money on educating somebody who will spend the rest of her life cooking and raising children? Which incidentally, perhaps her mother did without much education. Women have been perennially Shunted. Many girls have thus grown up not confident in the modern world, especially around men, because of what they have experienced. Some have grown up being very bitter with men because of what they have seen. Recently, I was uh, reading something on the internet and I, I came across this. The Oxford English Dictionary has defined women in a very interesting manner. This is the Oxford English Dictionary. And we are talking about English because English is the major language that we talk wherever we, we go in this country of ours. It's an official language. In fact, across the world, majority are speaking English. And there can't be a better or a, or, or a more foundational dictionary than the Oxford English Dictionary that comes from England itself. And this is what they have defined women to be or they have defined a woman. These are the synonyms that they have associated with woman. Baggage, frail, peace, bit. A woman is assumed to be baggage. Baggage to be handled by who? By men. Baggage, it is, 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 is troublesome to men. Frail, bit, peace. And this is the, the Oxford English Dictionary. In fact, there are people who are writing now to say that they should, they should change that language. They should change it. They are now institutionalizing the subordination of women by defining women as subordinate 
or even as irritating to men. Your baggage, I know that uh, whenever you're traveling, your baggage sometimes can be a problem. And this is what has happened, that women are being relegated. If the Oxford Dictionary can say that about women, it means that they, surely there is something that it means. Relating with people who sometimes, or who see themselves as underdogs and have something to prove every time, my friends, and especially to prove to men, can be quite challenging. This is why sometimes we have relational issues, because of, uh, we are coming from a place where women have been shunted. They've been told you're not equal to these other people who are called men, and therefore you have to prove yourself. And you try to prove yourself over and over again that relating can even be a problem. Second thing about we find our relational issues that are facing our women today is that women are serially sexualized. Not just once, but serially. It's granted that women are the fairer sex. Indeed, in the looks department, women are fantastic. Ah, please, if you're sitting next to a woman, just give her a high five and say, wah, you are awesome. <laughs> Listen, the world has determined uh, its standards for beauty. The world has actually set a way for beauty. There is something and a way that the media has portrayed a beautiful woman. Everywhere you look around, it seems as though it is, they are reading from the same script. It seems like somebody has written a script about what a beautiful woman should be. And it's an interesting one. This is what the world and the media would say. The less the clothes worn, the better. Hello. The more tantalizing, revealing that particular wear is, the more captivating sex sells. And marketing companies know that and they play for it to the full extent by using what? Using women. You cannot sell a car in this world without having a scantily clad woman uh, stretched out on the bonnet of the car. <laughs> as though it would add value. I mean, it doesn't add any value to the car. It, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't... Does it make the car run faster? No. Does it make the car last longer? No. But somehow, if there is a, 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 a woman who's, who's scantily dressed, standing right next to the car, something happens. Whatever you want to sell or market, the proven method is to use a model who shows some skin, actually. Who shows a lot of skin. An interest in your product will skyrocket. What they're actually saying is that if you get to use that product, if you get to buy that thing that they're selling or marketing, then that woman who is uh, spreading herself over the car will be on your arm as a man. You know, there's this advert that uh, uh, has a certain man. It's a shaving uh, device that they're selling. And there's a woman, uh, or there's this man, he's carrying a child. He has strapped a child right in front of him and is walking and he has shaved himself. And there are women who are swooning. Ooh, ooh, and you think it is they are swooning about the child. But no, it's not the child. It is the man because he's been so smooth. He's so smooth. <laughs> and what, what are they saying? It's saying like, uh, oh, you need to use this product. Then these kind of women will be swooning over you. <laughs> use it. Women have been serially sexualized. 
Our FM stations are endlessly and unashamedly sexual in their content. Unfortunately, women, again, are at the end of the very things that they're talking about. If you listen to the famous FM stations, and there are many of them, they are basically running over one another to talk about sexual matters, sexual stories, sexual issues. And women are the brunt of the issues that are being spoken about. It's a wonder. Women have been sexualized. Not just once, but serially. Women have thus been objectified. And many are willingly playing along with the script. There are many who are playing along. No wonder there is now this misnomer called the socialite. Who is this socialite? They look, they sound, they act highly sexualized. Everything they do leans towards sex. And there are some who are making money and careers out of it, thereby enticing others to try to follow. But let me say that no right-thinking man will ever want to relate with such a person and have a long-term relationship with anyone that is overly sexualized. No right-thinking man. Actually, this is what happens in the world. The people of the world define it uh, as such, as an accident scene. There's a word, some words that are, are used in accident scenes. They normally hit and run. Have you heard of hit and run? That is what the world speaks about these ones who are highly sexualized. May we not be in that kind of state. But this is what the world is. We have made women objects of sex. You meet a, a woman, it is object of sex. And some of us as women have fallen in the trap because of what we are seeing constantly, hearing constantly. The third thing is this. It's a relational issue. Women are bedazzled by beauty. External beauty in and of itself is a wonderful thing. And listen what I believe. I believe that when Adam saw Eve, I believe that there was commotion in the garden. You see, the Bible does sometimes is bereft of emotion, especially when you look at Genesis chapter number, uh, chapter number 2. This is what the Bible says in Genesis chapter number 2 and 23. They have removed emotion. They have given you facts. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of man. Do you think that that is actually what happened in the garden? What they have done is that they have recorded the truth. Those are the things that happened. But let me tell you, in my imagination, <laughs> when eventually Adam woke up from his sleep and saw Eve, it was like, whoa, 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 what is, whoa, whoa. He, be, he began to be eloquent and poetic. Ah, this is now bone of my bones. I mean, probably he had never been poetic before. But now he saw an, a, a, a creature that had, he had never seen before. The form and the structure. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Bone of my bones. Flesh of my flesh. And he was like, whoa, whoa. She shall be called, whoa, 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 woman. No wonder people are called woman because it is just whoa, 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 whoa. Some of you don't like to be called woman, but not ye. It is a, it is a, it is, it's a wow, it's an imagination. It's like whoa, awesome, beauty, beauty like never before. And by the way, she was not wearing makeup, nor was she even dressed. <laughs> 
the repeated themes in media, the elevation of certain body types, certain skin types and hair colors or hair styles, should I say, they have over time influenced what people consider as beautiful. Our African women are now so bedazzled by a Western beauty standard. It's actually a Western media beauty standard that many are aspiring to become such as those. Have you seen natural African kinky hair? That one is not considered beautiful by the majority of Western media. I am talking about Western media. One then has to go and buy gels, pomades, uh, chemicals, uh, spend much time in salons and much money in order uh, to do something so that they can be considered a little more pretty. Dark chocolate skin with plenty of melanin is frowned upon. In fact, the lighter the skin color, the better and perhaps the more beautiful one is. People are therefore bathing in bleach. Others are swallowing pills in order to remove tint so that they can be considered prettier. And this is the thing that, be, it, you know, we are bedazzled by a standard that is fake. This is it. People are, are, are walking in the search for style and for beauty. We have wardrobes stacked full of designer clothes, of shoes of every color, shape, size, design, some of which we haven't worn for years, but cannot give away. We see that wardrobe there. That one is meant to have the husbands at some point, but you cannot even see, you can't even see the husbands. Him, him he uses the, the, the children's bedroom to hang his clothes. Why? Because we have been bedazzled by these things. Shoes of every kind and every design, they're there. Aspiring to be chic in look is not bad. But if one takes the definition of their womanhood from looks only, then they are lost. And yet the world is speaking about this. They are shouting from the rooftops that it is how you look that is important. Relating with people who are overtaken by external beauty is a problem. It's a problem. You shall wait for them to prepare them. You shall wait. Some of them cannot even come out without makeup. I knew a certain young lady who could not be seen alive without lipstick. She said, the, the day that I die is when I will not put on lipstick. My friends, makeup is not bad. Why not if you? Sometimes it is so made up that it has changed up people. The fourth thing that causes there to be relational issues is this, that is called verbal vim. Last week we talked about men being curtailed in communication. Men are curtailed. Men don't talk so much. In fact, if men talk, they talk in lines. Straight lines. Women, on the other hand, talk in circles. They actually take the scenic route. They take the scenic route. And, and, and you know, sometimes you enjoy the scenic route. Even me, I enjoy listening to the scenic route. I wish I had the capacity to use the scenic route. But there are people, you know, some of us, we just go it's, it's straight. And it's, it's not even beautiful. 
it's not it's not nice but women have dexterity in the area of communication words seem to flow freely and without information too with a multiplicity of words there is of essence <laughs> some gossip and some embe- embellished half truths they, they, they will be there a little not very much not in this church one as if you were not in this church Chamas, chamas. Have you heard of chamas? They are notorious beds of gossip. Notorious. And interestingly, the majority of membership is made up of women. I, 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 didn't, I didn't just say that, but it, it, it happens. There are things that happen. There's a certain young lady who told me a story. She had gone to buy some medicine, and she was at, at the chemist, and they were she had given her order, they were processing that order and there was this woman who came and stood beside her also buying medicine and she didn't know this woman from Jack or from any Mary Jane's, whoever it is, you know, she was a complete stranger and as they waited for medicine to come uh, they began to talk and they began to exchange uh, the issues of their hearts and they talked uh, and the medicine in fact interrupted their discussion as the medicine came, it interrupted, they took, they took, and then they said, can we take this outside? And they took it outside, and they were outside the, 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 the chemist for another one hour. As they exchanged, and they talked, and they poured out. Both of them were saying the issues that are happening in their lives, and all, and eventually, they said bye, and they didn't even know each other's names. For us as men, I think it would, I don't know, that, that, that hell would have frozen over for such a thing to happen for us. We are not able to communicate like that. But ladies have this capacity. They have, they have verbal vim. They are able to speak. They know. And in there, of course, there are some issues that would arise. Let me say that relating to with people who are prone to verbal spillages. Could also be a little difficult. The fifth thing is this. That women are abused. And bleeding. The majority of domestic violence is perpetrated against women and girls. Many have grown up seeing violence meted out upon their mothers, upon their relatives who are women, by people who are close, considered close and dear to them. Many of them have continued to stay because they have limited income so that they cannot actually go out and they are now dependent on their abuser. They are able to free themselves. They are able to live independently. And therefore they have remained subjected to this inhumane treatment. There are many women who are going through troubles such as this. Several times we have read in the news of women who have been brutalized by their lovers or their husbands. People who have been chopped up into pieces. People who have been like, they're, they're, they're like animals, cut up. Others have been maimed. They have lost both hands. Others have, have even had their lips chopped off or bitten off. It's terrible, the kind of violence that women are facing. Growing up in Nairobi's Woodley Estate, sometimes in our houses we used to hear women screaming for help as they were being battered by their husbands. The sounds of woo would be heard almost every night. And we knew the houses that they were coming from. They were not coming from every house. 
But from some of those houses, we knew those houses. And sometimes we'd want to run out as young boys and girls. We want to run out to go and figure out, can we see what is happening? Why are people screaming? And we'd be punished for that, for being nosy. These days, I, I don't hear people screaming, shouting for help. And it is not because violence has gone down. In fact, it has increased. Now women are being battered in silence because they don't want to be ashamed and embarrassed. The next day you meet them with a black eye, they tell you, well, I fell downstairs. Oh, I had a little accident. Oh, because it's so embarrassing to actually say that I, I am being battered by my husband, by my boyfriend, and I'm still there. May I say, Boyfriends who batter their girlfriends are not husband material. If you are here and you have been battered and he has apologized, that is not husband material. Leave him. Leave him instantly. Amen. If you are in a marriage and you are being battered, it is not, it's not enough to stay there. Leave. Get out. Get out. Permission granted. If you have been waiting for it, it is granted now. <laughs> Leave. Get out of there. We do not want to come and bury a person because, oh, we were trying to just keep things together. No, if he's battering you, leave. Women have been abused physically, been abused financially, emotionally, psychologically, sexually. Who is the person who is raped? It's women and girls. Some are carrying heavy burdens because they were raped by people who are close relatives and friends of their parents. They cannot say, and perhaps they even try to say, and nobody believed them. They have been carrying this thing in their backs for years upon years, and they have now come up and they, have, they, 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 they look at men with distrust because somebody messed them up sometime in their past. Women are abused. And this is the status of many that are going through this. In fact, many are bleeding. They have been bleeding for a long time. I remember the woman who was bleeding and decided to go and touch the hem of the garment of Jesus. She had been bleeding a long time, as was a condition. But I tell you that there are others of us inside here who are bleeding internally. May not be external, but you're bleeding internally. And you're saying, Lord, when, when shall I, when shall it stop? When shall it stop? The fifth, or is it the sixth thing, is this, that women, especially single women, are willing and waiting. They're willing and waiting. Our culture uh, gives men leadership. It is frowned upon for any woman to take the lead in any relationship. Frowned upon. I have had instances where one of my friends, a lady came up to me and said, I love so and so. Oh, whenever I see him, my heart goes fergish. Eh? Is it something? Eh? I want to go and tell him. I, tell, I told her, do not tell him. Don't, don't go and tell him. Just show yourself. Just show yourself. Parade yourself in front. Let him see. Let him know. Let him know that you are willing. You are, you are willing. You don't have to tell him. The minute you tell him, 
they are, they are, they, something checks in. But single women have been waiting for Prince Charming to ride into their lives. It's a characteristic of many of our women. They have been patiently, they have been willingly, courageously believing that Mr. Wright is just around the corner. And he will be soon brought ah, so that we can live life together. This is the standard. And for many of our single women, there are many who are willing and many are waiting. But the reality is this. That single Christian women are tired of waiting. Some of them have been waiting for a long time. Waiting for a God-fearing, charming single man who knows his mission and purpose in the world to come and to persuade them to pursue God together. They have been waiting. Some have been waiting for 10 years, for 15 years, for 20 years. Just been waiting. Just been waiting. The reality is that women are tired of waiting. Where are the men? Where are they? In fact, this is a conversation I have with a lot of women. Where are the men? Where are you hiding them, pastor? I... <laughs> women are tired. And this is a reality. Women are to improve. It means that when you find that kind of woman, she becomes a good thing. You can't add to her to improve. You can't remove to improve. It's a good thing. In fact, this thing is, is it's amazing because it's called a good thing. You cannot really understand this. It's, it's something. What is it? Good thing. The scripture doesn't like describe what it is. It is just something. Hey, how do you describe thing with another thing? So you ladies are mysterious. You are mysterious. There's one man who was praying and, 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 and he asked, uh, Lord, I want to do a great thing. I want to build a bridge all the way from Egypt into Europe. And God speaking back to him and said, hey, that one is, is, is extreme. Uh, is there anything else that you, 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 you know, you, you'd want? And he, he asked God, he says, Lord, okay, help me understand my wife. And God took a while and came back to him and said, now that bridge, how many, how many lanes do you want on either end? <laughs> Women are complex and, 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 and interesting and I think which is why men are attracted to them. Because you guys are just mysterious. You're a good thing. Ah, if there's a lady beside you, say good thing. Touch her and say good thing. You're a good thing. The enemy wants to burden us. He wants to saddle women with so much baggage that they become ineffective in the roles. That they become ineffective nurturers. They become ineffective helpers. They become ineffective good things. That's what the enemy wants. That is why you are facing trouble. That is why your relationships are not going well. Because the enemy is against you. What then can we do is a question. The thing that we need to do is to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus because outside of Jesus there is nothing else. When we are feeling overburdened, when we are feeling at the end of ourselves, we have tried every avenue possible. We are finding ourselves broken. We are finding ourselves abused, discouraged. 
We are finding that we have been sidelined. We have been pushed to the periphery. We are finding that things are not going right. We have been sexualized. Oh, we have been bedazzled by things that don't make sense to us. There is only one place where burdens can be lifted. And that rest is found. That is in Jesus Christ. Uh, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I have this sense, even as we're worshiping today, that there are people here in this room who are burdened. People who have reached their wit's end. They have tried all that they know, but they have seen nothing happen. And God would say, today, I would want to be that one that will lift your burdens. I will carry your burdens and I will put you at rest. I will give you a place where you can rest. Things have been wearing you down. And women will take it. They will run with it. They are Women are very hardy. In fact, when you have what we call verbal vim, it helps you. It, 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 you are talking and you are, you are spilling out. Therefore, you are able to live longer, even in spite of all the difficulties that come. For some of us men, we keep it in. And therefore, we end up dying, killing ourselves. And we die very soon. But women are hardy. But even in that hardiness, still people are, are dragging themselves along. And Jesus says, I will give you rest. Come to Jesus today. Come and find the rest that God has for you. Because he has rest for you. Number two thing that you can do, what can we then do? We can find an older woman to walk with. We need to find an older woman to walk with. You may imagine that you are the only one who is going through issues right now. You think that you have been isolated, you are the only one. Trust me, you are not alone in this. Because no temptation has any man faced that is not common to man that he will allow to come to you. It is common. It is available. It is there. There are others who have faced it. You are not the only one. Neither is, are you the first person to face it. No. There have been people who have faced it, have overcome, and are now on the other side. And this is what the Bible says. This is how that we can move ahead as we relate one with another. If we can read Titus chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, to who will define for us the kind of woman that we need to look for. Uh, teach the older women to be reverent. The kind of woman that you need to look for, an older woman, is one who is not a slanderer, or rather not given to gossip. So even as you're looking for somebody to walk with you, look for somebody who is not a gossip. Hello? Because the problem is this, uh, if you go and find one who is a gossip, then all your issues will be known in the church and across the church, to the international church, uh, to everywhere. Don't look for gossips. Look for people who are not slanderers. Number two, uh, can you just put up that scripture again? Titus chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. Don't look for gossips. Number two, uh, number, number, go, go, go again. Titus 2, 3 to 5. We were just there. Thank you. Either don't look for gossips. Number two, don't look for drunkards. People who are given to alcohol. Addicted to much wine. And there may be some who are present. Not in this church, but in other churches. <laughs> who are addicted to much wine. Don't walk with those ones. Look for people who are not slanderers. Look for people who are not addicted to much wine. And then walk with them. Walk with these ones. And I tell you that there are many among us here who have been through difficult things, hard things, 
Some of the things that uh, you may have thought that one would have killed me. But Jesus has set a way. He has set a way for us to come forth and to get help. Come to Jesus, number one. Number two, find an older woman to walk with. Find an older woman. And the Bible in Titus talks about an older woman. Don't look for an older man or a man to, to walk with. Don't. There's, there are problems that will emerge from there that now we'll need to cancel you again after that. Look for an older woman. Yes, we have found that sometimes there are people who are coupling up for prayer. And uh, the prayer gets very hot and things happen thereafter. And we're saying, no, older woman. God is in the business of doing something in this house today. If the worship team can just come up. I felt that as we were worshiping this morning, that the Lord was saying that he has love for you. As we sang a song, he has love for you. He is chasing you down. He knows the troubles that you have faced. He knows the pains. He understands the brokenness. He understands the situation that you have come to and you're saying, Lord, me, I am tired. I don't know another way. I have given up. Oh, I have issues in my life. There are people who I have not been able to handle, who have abused me, and I have not even told anybody else. I have been carrying burdens, and, and I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed. God is saying, today I want to meet you. I want to show you that I love you. I want to lift you up from the place that you have fallen. I want to encourage you in ways that you have not been encouraged before. You are here as a lady. Even as we sing this song, uh, as, as, as we start to sing this song, I would want to encourage you to, make a, to take a step of faith and just stand up where you are. Where you are. Just stand up and, and, and show the Lord, Lord, me. It is me who stands before you. It is me who needs you. It's not my neighbor. It may not be my friends, but it is me. And as you stand before him, I believe that as we pray for you today, there's going to be something that shall break, even as we sing, because the love of God is pursuing you. And Jesus understands the difficulties. Goodness you have in store.